It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball's playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign on to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. Promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And as sometimes, I'm Taylor. And Taylor, as we still remain in in the early part of the offseason, as the playoffs have commenced without the Sabres, of course, being a part of it, not really a whole lot of news on, uh, on the Sabres front these days, with the exception of a tweet from Pierre Lebrun on May 21st, talking about the Sabres coaching search. So when Ralph Kruger was fired back in March, we had initially thought that the coaching search was going to commence around that time. Like after the firing had happened, it had seemed like, you know, they were going to promote Granado to the interim head coach, but at the same time, begin formal searches for, you know, prospective candidates. And it, the way it sounds, that really didn't happen. It seems like they kind of kicked that to the curb till the end of the season um, so this comes in light of now a, a, a tweet from Pierre Lebrun again on May 21st, where he said, Rick Tockett and Bruce Boudreau are among several candidates the Sabres have lined up for interviews. My sense is that GM Kevin Adams wants to talk to quite a few coaches, including from the college ranks. Not in a rush. Don Granado also still in the mix. So, Taylor, just generally speaking, I'm curious for your thoughts about the report there and also to just the general thought of the Sabres potentially just kind of getting the the head coaching search underway right now. What do you think? Well, it kind of makes sense, although obviously you could have been talking to Boudreaux this whole time because he's not doing anything. But, yeah, at the end of the season to do it that way, that's fair enough. I mean, I'm not too mad about that, but I think it's good that they're doing a real search and talking to a lot of different people. I'm like, I'm happy with that, but I, I don't know if my opinions really changed though. I think if they're going to rebuild, it's probably Granado. And if you really want to keep Eichel and Reinhardt and change their minds, it's probably Boudreaux. And we, I think Rick Tockett is a, it's, I want to, this is going to be a hard pass for me, actually, Rick Tockett, uh, who Same. his only head coaching experience is being under 500 in Arizona. I'm not impressed with Arizona at all. I'm not impressed with Rick Tockett. He was a guy that was a candidate when they hired Housley back in 17. And I would say both of those went incredibly poorly for the respective franchises. So I'm not interested in that. I think that would be a really bad hire. If you're going to do that, you might as well just keep Granado. And I mean, that doesn't really change much for me, honestly, but I'm glad to see that they're doing a real search. 
Yeah, me too. I think I'm at the point now, and I think you are as well, where we're pretty in agreement, you know, that if, if it's not Boudreaux for the sake of keeping Eichel and Reinhardt, I'm fine with them just keeping Granado rather than looking to just go to somebody from the college ranks. Um, you know, I know Nate Lehman has been thrown out there a lot, and I, he's intriguing to me, but at the same time, what – I guess, are you going to be getting out of him that you wouldn't already be getting out of Granado? Because the reason why you would want to do that is because of course, yeah, like a forward thinking mindset, which again, Granado already has, but also the ability to connect with younger players, because if you're going to be immersing yourself in a rebuild, you want to be able to have a guy who's going to be able to connect and resonate with these younger players and be able to utilize them in a way that kind of maximizes their potential and, and, you know, the parts of their skill set that make them, you know, good prospects. So I don't know. I, for me, it's, it, it's just it, Boudreaux or Granado and nothing else really matters. I mean, is there anybody else that really is particularly intriguing to you at all? Gerard Gallant. Fair, fair. I mean, well, I, I guess I meant more among like the up and coming ranks. Not really, because really, if they're going to do that, you have an up and comer in Granado and he's, he's been here and people seem to like him. So I don't, I don't really get it. I don't know why would you you would. What would be the point of hiring another up and comer in this? The case? only up and comer that I would have time to actually be intrigued by is if, by some magical miracle, Ricard Gronberg gets an interview. Yeah. They're not hiring another uh, out of the box type guy, I guarantee. But Sad. I, but yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see how this unfolds. I mean, we we should be learning in the next few. You would think. You'd be learning in the next few weeks. There's no reason why that this shouldn't be wrapped up soon. Yeah. I mean, it, it shouldn't take that long. You know, you want to get out ahead of it. Make sure. I mean, I think what there's four vacancies across the league, right? Yes. New York is vacant. Arizona's vacant. Who else is vacant? Mm. I don't think who's bad. Wait, Detroit who is say? not vacant. Well, Arizona and New York have vacancies. Yeah. Detroit does not have a vacancy. Blashell coming back. That's wild. Good Who's luck, the I guess. Last team then. Oh, who missed the playoffs? I mean, LA doesn't have a vacancy, do they? LA, Anaheim, none of them. San Jose. I don't think any of the California teams fired their coaches, did here, they? Let's see here. Let's see. Columbus. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. That's yep, right. Yep. Columbus and Seattle. So technically five altogether. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So there's big news though going on Twitter right now. What's that? This website called superyachtfan.com has a like a little report on Terry Pagula's uh, super yacht. Oh my God. I think our friend uh, Sabres Metrics Walter tweeted it out. So you want to hear some facts about the super yacht? No, but I guess you're going to probably tell me anyways. That's right. Its name is Top 5-2. I don't know what that means. Length is 61 meters or 200 feet. Uh, has 12 guests in six cabins that can fit. Its crew is 18 people. It was designed by Sinnoh Yacht Design. That's not interesting. Speed is 16 knots. Volume, 1,200 tons. How about that? Price, $75 million. The annual cost to run it is between five and eight million dollars. You think those so employees are getting their health insurance paid for? Nope. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, they had to pause True. the construction on this last year. 
what what kind of name is top five too? I don't understand what that means. A so, mediocre it's, name it's, for mediocre owners. Mediocre is being very friendly there. Fair. Five is written numerically, but two is written like a, a Roman numeral. So is it the second iteration of the top five? That's the boat name, and then this is it's just sequel. Squeakle. Top five. What how stupid. Get better at naming stuff. Yeah, that's okay. bad. Also, like, didn't people lose their jobs partially because they needed to maintain yep. their lifestyle, which included building the super yacht? That's stupid. Yeah, that's really Walt's about to get look, put guys. on a list. Yeah, seriously. Man. <laughs> Bringing this shit to light. Good for him. Brutal. Hashtag anyway, stand with sabermetrics. <laughs> we love Walt. We do. We do. Don't we, folks? So today on the Sunday, so it's been a very busy sports weekend because the NBA and NHL playoffs are both happening. Great, great day in the NBA yesterday. Not so great day in the NHL. But today, Nashville, big uh, big win over Carolina. Mm-hmm. But really, the sports story of the day is the PGA Championship, which is in May now, I just learned this weekend. <laughs> um, Phil Mickelson won. 50-year-old Phil Mickelson. He did it. That's incredible. He's 50. won a major across four decades now. Amazing. Right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would make sense to me. I think that was a 99 Masters US Open where he was kind of going back and forth with, I think it was Payne Stewart when his wife was in labor. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. It was unbelievable when Tiger did it because it's like Tiger won the Masters in 96 and 2019. That 23 years apart. That's insane. Nice. But yeah, again, feels 50. Wild. So just to give some perspective here, I looked up. If Phil Mickelson was a hockey player, which is possible, you know, he, he could have been a hockey player. He would have been drafted in the 1988 NHL draft. That would have been his draft year. Wow. Which, I looked this up, is a great draft year. But here are some guys that are the same age as him. The first overall pick that year is Mike Madano. Huh. He, was, he was pretty good. Yeah. Second was Trevor Linden. And then there's some other great players in the first round. So third pick was a guy named Curtis Les. Shishin, I don't know how to pronounce his, his name is spelled L E S C H Y S H Y N. Get some more vowels, pal. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Played a thousand games though. Wow. Good for him. And then Darren Shannon, the fourth pick big bust by Quebec at five. And this is probably one of the many reasons Quebec doesn't exist anymore. They took a guy named Daniel door who had five career points and played 17 games who came but after him. Scott Pearson, who again, another not really good player, but after that is seven through 10, is Martin Golinas, Jeremy Roenick, mm. Rob Brindamore, and Timu Solani. Wow. Yep. All those wow. guys all those guys are the same age as Phil Mickelson. But the leading scorer of this draft, this is what's crazy about this draft, their leading scorer is actually Mark Recchi. So come on. So, yeah, some notable guys, Rob Blake, Tony Amonti, Brett Hedekin, Ty Domi, McG- Alex McGilney was mm. in this draft, Rob Ray was one of the, the leader uh, leaders in games played from this draft. His uh, 91 career points in 900 games. Joe Juno. Steve Hines. Dixon Love Joe Ward, Juno and Steve Hines. Oh, wow. You're just rattling off all the Sabres hits. Keith Jones. Tony Twist. Not much of a reaction for Keith Jones there, huh? I mean, was there supposed to be? No. <laughs> <laughs> there never is, huh? 
And Dane Jackson, Bills so. quarterback Dane Jackson was taken. Wow, good for him. Dual yeah. athlete. I never realized that. But this this is incredible. They have it's great for his age. Yeah, seriously. Six 1,000 point scorers in this class. And these are not guys wow. that played like since it's 88, like they played in the early 90s, sure, scoring stuff. But all these play, guys played a good amount of their career in the dead puck era. It's wow. Re- Recchi at 1533, Solani 1457, Mike Madano 1374, Jerry Roenick 1216, Rob Brindamore 1184, and McGillney uh, 1032. Tony Monti at 900, Linden at 867, Rob Blake 777. For defense, good, uh, nonetheless, too. Oh, yeah. Lake. Dixon Ward, 224. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, those guys, though, that that's his contemporaries in mm-hmm. terms of athletics. Like, these guys who've all been retired since, like, 2007. It's wild. At the good latest. For, well, Solani's got to be – he was there until 2014. But oh, yeah, else, so yeah. He was sticking around, yeah. Man. Wow. That's pretty crazy, though. Good for Phil Nicholson. Yeah. Good for wow. left-handers. That's what we like. As a as a fellow left-hander, I'm I'm proud to see him get that W. Well, I'm more ambidextrous, but I'm uh, as a, somebody who writes with their left hand. Proud to see Phil get that W for our contingency. What do you play guitar with? Right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I shoot left in hockey, but I did uh, right for everything else because that doesn't really mean anything. Hockey's weird like that because it it really depends where you like your strong hand on the stick that kind of determines where, which way you shoot. Mm. Hmm. Fun fact about me and my family, actually. So my dad is tech. He's naturally left-handed, but he writes with his right hand because that was frowned upon back in the day, writing with your left hand. It's so, witchcraft. What's that? It's witchcraft. Well, extra rich witchcraft because both myself and my two older sisters all write with our left hand. Wow. Which is like, I think in terms of like the percentile of that, it's, it's very rare that, uh, that a family has that many lefties uh, and it usually we're, we're just a fraction of the population, but we're, we're holding strong in the ore household. Wow. There are dozens of us. <laughs> dozens of us. I tell you. Wow. That's interesting. Can you tell it's the off season and we don't have anything to talk about? <laughs> yeah, we really don't. But I mean, you gave the fair warning last week, you know, as we're, you know, getting into it while we're in this kind of nowhere, no man's land between, uh, end of the season and in the draft. I mean, the draft lottery is coming up, so we'll be able to talk about that a little bit more and we'll start to dive into prospects. I would assume soon too, but uh, you know, until we hit the draft lottery and really have some news here or the, co- uh, you know, our next head coach gets hired, we're just going to be vamping it up. Just thinking of ways to just fill out some time so that you could spend, you know, even if it's 20, 30 minutes of your, of your day with us, that's, that's all we want. Yeah, so there is still hockey going on, allegedly. There is. Um, one thing I think is kind of notable, the Bruins and Capitals are playing right now. So by the time you hear this, the Capitals might be out of the playoffs. They blew two straight leads in the last minute of the games, in games two and three. Could have been up 3-0. Now they're not. Brendan, this is the third year in a row after they won the Cup now that they're going to lose in the first round to a lower seed, or higher mm-hmm. seed, I don't know, whatever way you want to say it, a, a worse seed. And yeah. this is going to be the 11th time of the Ovechkin era. And I know they won the Stanley cup in 2018. And really all you need is one as a fan. All I want is one. Mm-hmm. So you can't be too bad, but isn't that, it's incredible. It's unbelievable. 11 times they've lost to a lower seed. It's nuts. Well, they also had a lot of bad luck when it came to their goaltending. I mean, you really can't talk about the series without talking about the fact that 
their starter got injured, you know, like having to yeah. play with Craig Anderson and then Ilya Samsonov, even though that highly controversial goal, I don't think necessarily was his fault entirely. He hadn't played, I think, you know, in like their, their last 17 games or something like that. So Vanacek, I mean, him getting hurt, that that crushed them pretty badly. But also, though, he wasn't even technically supposed to be the starter going into this season. So, no. yeah, it should be interesting to see. Washington is fascinating because it feels like they just continuously run it back with the same team. But like every five years, they make some kind of like a notable acquisition. And I just don't know really what they can do after this. I mean, they just gave up um, Jacob Vrana and draft picks for Anthony Mantha, who got off to a really hard, hot start with them, but seemed to really kind of fall off a little bit. And I also, um, you know, have, have thought about, I guess, what the, the drop off is, or I guess the difference between Jacob Vrana and Anthony Mantha is. Um, I don't, I think given the price that Washington paid, they grossly overpaid. And now that they did that and are looking at a first round exit, there's going to be a lot of pressure on there. You know, Ovechkin, even though he's still great, he's not getting any younger. Who's not solved. His play has fallen off a bit. Backstrom's not getting any younger. Oshie's getting up there. Carlson, even though he's still playing at a high level, I mean, he's not getting any younger. So they, Chara. they have Chara, right. Yeah. I mean, you have young goaltending, but everywhere else though, it's really not exactly your strong suit right now. So I'm very curious to see how Washington is going to approach the upcoming off season because it seemingly does appear that their season's over. Yeah. Well, I would almost, yeah, I would guarantee it pretty much, but they, Vanacek is interesting for them. He was supposed to be on the taxi squad, wasn't he? Taxi squad or the AHL? I believe so. Started? Yeah. Yeah. And he just showed up and was excellent for them. Yeah, because, I mean, another thing, going back four-plus months now, Henrik Lundqvist was supposed to be their starter this year. And he had to... 1A, 1B with Samsonov, yeah. He was he had to retire, obviously, because of his heart. I don't think he's retired, man. I think he's... I, I, I'm pretty sure he is not retired. I think that he just took this year off and is trying to come back next season. Well, that's interesting. I mean, he hasn't really played since March of 2020, right? Because did he play for them in the pl- in the bubble last year, or was that just Jerkin? I think he did play. Oh, okay. Yeah. I but think they only so. played three games. They got swept. <laughs> I was going to say, I think he might have played the first game or something, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so that, I mean, either way, whether he plays or not, that, he was supposed to be their starter because they let Holtby go. And, I mean, that that went downhill, so they had to deal with the two young guys. Well, Vanacek was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I agree. I, it's just insane to me. Like, looking back at it, it was like, okay, in 08, they won their division. They weren't actually really better than Philadelphia. It was just, like, the kind of deal, like, the, the Southeast division was terrible. So they won it, whatever. They, they lost in the first round, game seven, overtime. And, like, 09, they lost to the Penguins. So well, the Penguins won the Stanley Cup, so how mad can you be? Right. And then 2010, this is when they run into Hulak, and that's when everyone panicked. It was... They would have been much better off just pretending that nothing bad happened. Yeah. So on another note, we're doing something uh, pretty interesting tonight. We are. We're going on a hot date. That's right. There's going to be other people there too, but I'm going to ignore them. Exactly. (laughs) We're going to see, first of all, the movies. Brendan, is this the first time you've been to the movies? Yeah. This is my first time uh, since the pandemic started. Wow. So it's probably been like 15, 16 months at least since you've been to the movies. I am overjoyed. I'm knocking out a lot this weekend. My first time back to the movies this past Friday, I just played my first show with my band in 14 months, 15 months. So we're, we're hitting a lot of the milestones this weekend, but yes, we are. Would you like to tell them what we're going to see? 
Yeah, well, first I'll say, you also, didn't you hold hands with the girl for the first time this weekend too? I mean, that's pretty cool. No, I'm not going to lie. I definitely made that up just to try and impress you. I'm still still waiting uh, on that one. We'll keep after it. You'll get there. I'll do so, my best. We're going to see 2010 cult classic, maybe, if I want to call it that. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite movies ever and one of Brendan's favorite movies ever. If you've never seen it, this is actually going to double as our recommendation this week. Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome. It's one of it's it's so cool. So many ways. And it's an Edgar Wright movie. So if you like Edgar Wright, he's he made the uh, the Cornetto trilogy, I think it's called Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz at World's End. He also made Baby Driver. Great director. Fantastic guy. He uh, he's great. and He has a really cool style. And that movie, though, is it's crazy because when it came out, pretty much the biggest star in, in the cast was Chris Evans, obviously. But the, the movie stars Michael Sarah, and he was really famous at the time. He was he was popping off, and the the rest of the cast around him. It's not really an ensemble cast, but there are a lot of moving parts. None of those people were all that famous at the time. And it was also, right before they all got like big. Yeah, and they. It's been pointed out before that the personalities these people have these actors have in the movies or the characters have really goes on to like define their careers in a lot of cases you know and i mean one person anna kendrick she was in twilight but she definitely was not the star and i don't know if she was really a household name but aubrey plaza's in it uh so right before parks and rec or maybe right when she started on parks and rec uh kieran culkin Mm -hmm. who's incredible incredible actor crushing on succession now that's right also in Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you know, just some of the other guys, like Alison Pills in it. She's fantastic. Like I said, Chris Evans, but also Brie Larson. Brie mm-hmm. Larson and Chris Evans are in this movie, this like mid to low budget, like movie that's based on like kind of hipstery comic books slash kind of like a weird old timey video game movie. Am I forgetting anyone? Cast wise? Oh, yes. I'm missing one of the most important people, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's great in it. That uh, Brandon, whatever his name is, who's Brie Larson's boyfriend, who ended up going on to play Superman. Oh, he played Superman in the uh, Superman Returns movies back in the two thousands. Yeah. Oh, so it was before Scott Pilgrim. Wow. Wait, I did not know that. Hold on, folks. I think we had this exact same conversation the last time that we talked about Scott Pilgrim on the. on the show oh jason jason schwartzman he's also in it oh yeah oh he's a villain basically fantastic fantastic guy um yeah brandon routh yeah man he played superman in 2006 he played uh superman and superman returns now that movie is not uh very well considered no certainly not interesting certainly not let's see oh wow bill Hader's in this the voice? Oh, he's the narrator. Yeah, Bill Hader. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they okay. barely use him. Let's it's see. It's like Any... in the beginning, they're like in in a strange world of Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they don't, they don't use him very much. Let's see. Then there's just a couple of other actors and actresses who you're just like, oh, yeah, I've seen them in other movies, but you don't really know their name. I watched during the beginning of quarantine, they did a table read of Scott Pilgrim, which was really good. I did good. see that. Yeah. Was it good? It was, and the only two people who didn't show up. If I told you two people didn't show up, you'd be like, duh, Chris Evans and Brie Larson, they're way too famous for this. Mm-hmm. No, 
by show up, I mean be on Zoom. It was yeah. a Zoom table read. Chris Evans did show up. It was Brie Larson and Kieran Culkin that didn't show up. Wow. That's beautiful for Chris Evans. He was really cool. Was, you know, it was really complimentary of the people there. It was really nice. The, there's another person in the cast who I'm, I'm thinking of who is the girl that Ramona dated who uh, was in Sucker Punch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. kind of like a, not really a spinoff, but it wasn't an Edgar Wright film, but I think she got it based on this. Wasn't She's she in uh, well. Arrested Development too? Yeah, was she Anne? Yeah, she was Anne in Arrested, yeah. Mae Whitman. Wow. That's the actress's yes. name. Yes. Yeah, she was Anne Arrested Development. Wow. Too oh, and funny. Ellen Wong was in it. Uh, she's She plays Nice. nice. Show. Yeah, she's doing some stuff now. What is she, she in? Well, let me look. Cause I, I, oh, she was in Glow. Oh, uh, okay, cool. Glow. Glow was great. I loved Glow. Got canceled, unfortunately. You were she's telling me you liked I would have thought. She was 25 when the movie came out, which I did not realize. I'm looking at this now. She's 36 years old. That means when she's, do, you know, that hilarious line when she's like talking about Ramona, she's like, she's so old. She's probably like 25. And this girl yeah. was actually 25 when it happened. Ellen Wong. Wow. Wow. She hmm. looked very young. Another uh, random person who's in this, Nelson Franklin, who is, at least I know him as being one of the IT guys in the office with the glasses, who is the IT guy and also is the one who recommends that Pam goes to art school at the job fair. Hmm. So that guy. That's cool. Yeah. Should be a good time, though. I'm excited. We're going to see it at North Park Theater, too. So that'll be really cool. That's where uh we saw avengers endgame together on opening night for the first time and which was also the best movie experience of my entire life so well the last time i was at north park though was december 2019 to see star wars the rise of skywalker oh man you were probably none too pleased i was not what a piece of shit (laughs) it was like because i have regal unlimited so you know i'm a frequent moviegoer you're a big movie guy so i already basically pay for movies uh, north park i like to support north park though since it's a local business and all that but i was like wow i paid for this movie i pay for rico unlimited but it's a flat fee it's like 22 dollars a month see three or four movies it works out pretty well in your favor but man that movie sucked <laughs> It's awful. There were, but we need to there, get that stink off it and go see Scott Pilgrim. There were some good parts of the movie, but overall... Yeah, yeah the, the freaking end. <laughs> Stop. The, the thing that came back to haunt the Star Wars sequel trilogy, and I will always say this, is the fact that they did not have one person who was overseeing the flow of the story from start to finish and using different directors in the way that they did and that they had fired the director of uh episode nine like after production had already started on it was it colin trevorrow what's that colin trevorrow colin trevorrow yeah and also Mm -hmm. the fact that his script was better than the one that jj abrams ended up putting together because that's the thing you know i really i think that the force awakens is really really great i think that for whatever reason in hindsight for people now some people don't look back on it as kindly as they did it when it first came out but when that movie first came out it was amazing like not even just getting like caught up in the hype of it being a new star wars movie like continuing the skywalker saga it was really good and i still feel that way i think that the force awakens is a great movie then the last jedi comes along and they and ryan johnson i thought did a great job with it it was very ambitious 
It did. It pushed the envelope a lot. And I think it introduced a lot of new things into Star Wars while reinforcing a lot of the key concepts that people really enjoy and appreciate about it. But the problem, though, was that it was it felt very disconnected from The Force Awakens. And so you could get away with that if the first two movies don't exactly feel like they are are totally linked up by making the story fully come together in the third movie. But that's not necessarily what happened. And it's I not have a lot of what happened. Is that... <laughs> and I have a lot of issues with the creative choices that were made for uh, for episode nine. The, the only thing I will say is that I try, though, to watch that movie and only just watch it for the enjoyable parts and not get too bogged down about the fact that I hate that what they did with the plot. Have you ever seen, have I ever showed you the, uh, the, it's like an animated video on YouTube. If anybody's a Star Wars fan, look this up because it's really cool. Um, it's somebody, so this guy did like a thing where he narrates like, and, and did these really cool like drawing animations of Colin Trevorrow's version of episode nine. And it's like a 15 minute video. I've seen it. Really good. Like really good. There's a lot of holes, I think, in the plot that I don't really like. Granted, you're not going to, you know, love every part of every movie you see for the most part, especially when it comes to something like Star Wars, but really like the direction of it a lot more than what J.J. Abrams ended up doing. And it seemed like they made a lot more choices that that made more sense rather than a lot of the random weird stuff that this movie did being like, oh, it's Finn a Jedi. Oh, oh OK, well, we're only going to focus on that weird thing without actually saying it's a thing. And pretty much totally just ruin his story arc otherwise, too. They had so many great, I, I guess that's the problem. They had so many great opportunities for cool things that they could have done with all of the characters, and they pretty much didn't do any of them. Somehow the Emperor is back. Hated that. Yeah, somehow. Hated it. <laughs> what? Hated it. It's, it's insane. That invalidated the entire original trilogy. How, yeah. do, how do they, oh, it's incredible. It, it was bad. It was bad. It felt like there was no sense in doing that. And then also, too, for what it's worth, I mean, I like Kylo Ren. I know a lot of that might be a hot take for people, but like, I thought it was great that they brought back, like, the, the how Adam Driver had the switch to Ben Solo at the end. And it was cool to kind of see him, you know, in that capacity. And I get why they had him, you know, make the sacrifice because it was supposed to be like mirroring like Vader making a sack, like the sacrifice for Luke and stuff with kind of doing the whole following in his footsteps thing, but like indirectly, but at the same time though, it just seems like they, that, that whole ending scene just felt really weird and forced to me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they already did it. So, you know, do yeah. a new thing. Yeah. Try yeah. that. I don't know. I thought it sucked. I thought the whole trilogy in hindsight is completely morally bankrupt just no no career not morally i think creatively wow. bankrupt not morally bankrupt i mean same shit but it's creatively bankrupt like they had no ideas it's it's weird because it's like a lot of the marvel movies are made in the boardroom but like the star wars ones it, it's weird because it's like they're disjointed still like mm -hmm. it's still a big disaster even though they're like like i don't want to say corporately but they're they're made with certain ideas in mind they're not made they're, the, story, the original Star Wars story and for all its faults, the prequel trilogy were made mostly on George Lucas's vision, especially the prequel trilogy. So for as much as that trilogy is insanely flawed, boring, dumb, full of terrible dialogue and bad acting, it at least it was like an artist's vision. It does have some redeeming qualities. I will say that too. 
Hell yeah, Jar Jar Banks, my dude. No comment. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, I, I don't really like the way the direction Star Wars is going, but I'm not really a Star Wars stand, so like I can't. Well, it depends on it. what you. I mean, but that's the thing. I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think it's kind of funny that. Th- it's both good, I guess, in a way, but alarming that their TV content has just blown the movies out of the water. Like the Mandalorian is the best thing that Star Wars has done probably since the original trilogy, if we're being honest, especially the second season. Um, I, I am I made it my recommendation a few weeks ago, but like I've been watching The Bad Batch, which is essentially like an animated show that's like a continuation of the Clone Wars animated TV show. That is really good. The Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, the two like kind of main major animated shows from Star Wars. I mean, those are phenomenal. And it's good that they have that kind of steady stream of of good content. I mean, you have the Obi-Wan Kenobi show coming up too. You have Boba Fett's own little like side thing that he's going to be getting. You have season three of The Mandalorian coming up. You have a lot of stuff that's, you know, upcoming for them that's exciting. But at the same time, it's like, I'd like to be excited about a movie though, too. True. There's just been such a disconnect. And I think the problem though, too, is that like Marvel does well because they have Kevin Feige and he's kind of that like overseeing eye who pretty much, you know, helps there be this like consistent narrative. He's a huge reason why they were able, like Marvel was able to, you know, thread 23 movies together to make one long overarching storyline with star wars they have kathleen kennedy but she's more so in charge of lucasfilm as a whole rather than i don't think that there was anybody who was the one who was i guess running the show and calling the shots when it came to what was going to be in the movie considering the fact that by the end by the time the third movie came around you know, you had switched the plot up completely after the movie already was starting to get filmed. Yeah. So whereas with Marvel, like, yeah, there's a lot of movies and you had to make it up as you go along and you didn't realize how it was going to take off. But at the same time, though, you still had that consistent voice behind it. And Star Wars just really did not have that. Right. You know, and one of George Lucas's worst ideas in the pretty much the entire time is that basically just everyone's related. Yeah, it's it's is it, he just and he had other plans that he was talked out of for other people being related or things like that. And that's good. Other people listening to other people, that's a good instinct in that case. And then it just seems like Disney's taking like, oh, yeah, everyone's related. Yeah, that's good. Or just like the entire universe centers around so few people like the, So I loved Mandalorian season one and I liked most of season two. And it just it, the, the reason is, is because it actually explores the universe. It takes you to a million places. It gets you in all these like little uh, cool like worlds that you didn't know anything about from the original one. Cool action. Obviously, Pedro Pascal is great. Baby Yoda, he's cool. Everyone loves him. And they're like a lot of them are just basically like a weekly episode. Like you can just roll into some of these episodes and not really have to know too much about the show, which is mm-hmm. a, a cool way to do that. Not have constant uh, building on everything. It lets you pop in and out. That's great. And at the end, they're just like, oh, who's here? Oh, would you believe it? It's Luke Skywalker. And Oh, come on. That, You're really terrible, mad about terrible, the terrible. You, terrible. Are you kidding me? I might not watch season three now. That is, we'll see. Taylor, that is a brutally terrible take. Why? Why is Luke because, Skywalker there? 
what do you mean why is Luke Skywalker there at that point five years after or six years after the events of Return of the Jedi when pretty much all of them have been eradicated and wiped out by that point like why wouldn't he be the one that shows up it makes perfect sense that he was and I know that people are like oh it's such low-hanging fruit like blah 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 but like it's the truth this entire time during like the Star Wars timeline these years immediately after Return of the Jedi, this is what Luke is doing. He's going around searching for other Force-sensitive people, kids, and also for Jedi artifacts and, like, old, like, historical stuff. And it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it may have been, like, a low-hanging fruit thing, but who cares? Like, it, it I can't believe that you would think Two that it makes sense. Two things. Okay. Not that it doesn't make sense. I don't think it makes sense. Not that it doesn't make sense. It's, again, it's just the whole fucking world revolving around these. And what made Mandalorian good is it wasn't about that. The other things too. But it's one scene. Yeah, but it's it's the emotional. It's the it's the end of the season. Yeah, and they had a reveal with one of the most beloved characters of the entire. Yes, that's what I mean. That's not fucking art. What we're talking about is not art. It's not. That's I disagree. It's 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 just like your favorite character showing up in a Marvel movie. That's not art. Someone like famous showing up at SNL. That's not. It's just. It's fucking dumb. And the other thing, the two things are, his story ended. Luke Skywalker's done. He's dead. That's good. He was in like six movies or whatever, five movies. Forget it. Leave that storyline behind. Two, they didn't figure out the technology. Like, you know, I like that. I agree with that. I will agree with. They, they, some of this shit doesn't work. So you could have just got an actor. But that's an actor. I would have rather they done an actor or it would have made a lot more. I mean, I'm just shocked that with the budget that Star Wars has that they couldn't figure that out better because I had seen people who had like fans who had done their own like face simulating or whatever. And it looked way better than that. It it didn't that I will give you. But like, I completely disagree, though. I think that in the sake of the story and for what they're doing, I mean, also, too, we don't even know what's going to happen in season three. And like. For me, with Grogu, I, I mean, he is one of a kind in that he is the only other character, at least major character that we've seen of his kind is Yoda, who Luke also happens to have a very close relationship with. So Whoa. what? 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 Yaddle? Major character, I said. Wow. Yaddle is not a major character. She's That's in one movie. No wow. disrespect to Yaddle. She's in one no, movie. It seems like a lot of disrespect for Yaddle. Regardless of this, though. All right. Back to the whole point, though, with Luke, it doesn't bother me one bit because, like I said before, it makes sense that it would be him to show up. How are you going to have it? Yes, it is the finale. So you want to have it be like go out with a bang. Are you going to have some random new Jedi come up who you have to like explain, give like an entire storyline for? No, you have one of the most beloved characters come through, save the day. And also for what it's worth too, that Luke, yeah, maybe he has been in several movies, whatever it would be like five movies altogether, technically, but you'd never had seen him in this capacity before. It's not like that this was going on, like this show is happening during a time where things have already been explored. Before the Mandalorian, there has there's nothing in Star Wars canon that explores what happened from the time of the events of episode six at the end of Return of the Jedi and all the way up to when The Force Awakens is. So yeah, you're right that it's like, okay, well, oh, so the universe revolves around this one, like these all these same people. But like in this instance, like this is the dude who saved the universe. Like it's impossible for them to have anyone else like be there like he's like starting Jedi a home. Jedi Academy though. What do you like? What do you mean? Of course this makes sense. 
this is all in the time where he's building up and beginning to start like the academy. So obviously, if you have Grogu is reaching out through the forest at an ancient Jedi temple, considering the fact that there's like three living, four at this point, living Jedi that we know of. Okay, and only but- one of which is still actively considered like considering themselves to be a Jedi. Ahsoka is no longer a Jedi. Cal is from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is a video game. And you're not going to introduce a video game character as being the big hero in the last 10 minutes of an episode. And then the other one is Ezra, who is going to get his whole story figured out with the Ahsoka TV show. So, yeah, I mean, if, if the whole point is that they're trying to return Grogu to the Jedi... Of course, it's going to be Luke because he's the only one out there who still is technically a Jedi and practicing and would be able to hear him reaching out through the force in the way that he did in the second to last episode. So, but where did Ahsoka and those other Jedi come from? Because they were not part of the original trilogy. Ahsoka technically was. She She wasn't. She's Anakin's Padawan. That's what in Star Wars, the Clone Wars. No, no, no. so she wasn't. So they, so in later Star Wars media, they created more characters, which is exactly what they could have done here. The other thing is it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have the same thing like someone else coming in to save Grogu. You just read the episode differently. I mean, that it's not like that was like some biological imperative that the end of the episode had to be but that that's exact what this, thing. But it's not even about the episode though. That's what the entire season was building towards. The entire premise of the show is him returning Grogu to the Jedi. Yeah, but- that doesn't have to involve- And they didn't even know who Luke Skywalker was too. That's the other thing. It's not as though this was like a big spectacle. This dude just rolled up and Bo-Katan, uh, Fennec, Cara Dune, uh, Mando, like none of them even knew who he was. So it's not like, you know, like it was more for the fans that it was like cool. Oh, and, you shit. Get, and you get to see Luke too. Also, like I said, you, we hadn't seen him after he had already been a master for that long too. Like, he's six years into this now the last time that we had saw him in theory like in terms of the timeline was when he just kind of figured all of his shit out and like i don't know about you maybe it's just because of how like how i i guess view my fan but like i personally like am interested in knowing i guess even like a fraction which is all it was it was like 10 minutes of the episode altogether even a fraction of getting to see what this major character is doing during this time of 30 years that is totally unexplored. Also, Boba Fett shouldn't have been in the show. Oh my God, Taylor. I'm sorry. Right? It's, it's, it's let it live, be its own thing. Why can't it be its own thing? It's literally about to be. Oh, it's not. He's getting his own TV show. Who Boba Fett? Yes. Now see that sucks. It's like There's a mini shit. Man, he's getting it a mini happened. it's a mini series. He died. No one watched that movie and thought Boba Fett fucking lived. He all yeah, but he had like 10 minutes of screen time between the two movies back then. Oh, I know. And was this, a super this is why And Star I don't Wars- even I should say I don't even care about Boba Fett that much. But like I have no problem why with it. Why does anyone Why does anyone care about Boba Fett? Some people do, man. I know. It's insane. Like this is Star Wars fans have always been insane because people cared so much about Boba Fett. I know he was like in the Christmas special or whatever. I don't know, mm-hmm. but the guy was barely in it. And then he very obviously dies. He sucks at being a bounty hunter. Clearly he just kind of looked cool. And then we got to hear about him. It's been like 44 years. Well, he, he wasn't he in the first sucks one. At being a, see the uh, kind of sucks. He doesn't he gets, actually he gets owned. 
by Luke Skywalker. Yes. Yes. A Jedi. Yeah. This is his job. He's supposed to get Luke Skywalker. What happened? He got punked. And he got eaten by that Sarlacc thingy. It's Luke Skywalker. This is like LeBron James, man. I could I could take Luke Skywalker. Why can't why why can't Boba Fett be like a real good like B plus player? Okay, you're but not, you're not going to compete. What with LeBron evidence James. of that do you have? What do you mean? In the first two movies, not the first two, in five and six. Empire what a Boba Fett being like good at being a bounty hunter. Well, I also know that too because that's explored in the animated show and in, in the Clone Wars. Exactly. But yeah, but that, that's the whole point though. This entire, the whole point of why Star Wars works so well in TV though is because it gives time to fill out more of what these characters are doing and like what's going on. Hey, that's fine, but that is a very low ceiling. What do you mean? There's a very low ceiling for quality. I don't just, I'm just telling you that that's how it is. And like, hey, that's fine. I mean, a lot of that shit, whatever. I just thought the first season of Mandalorian was really, really good. I don't say that I about a lot of TV shows that anymore. You did not like the second season as much. I as liked the first. most of it. Well, the first one was better. So that's why. I disagree. I think the second one was definitely better. Plus, Nick Nolte wasn't in the second season. So, so what? Bo Katan was in the second season. Who's that? Which one was that? This is my point. Which one was that? I don't remember. Bo-Katan is the one who's the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. They did well with George Lucas uh, carrying on his legacy, is naming things uh, really stupidly and being terrible at it. Like what? <laughs> like all these fucking names. They're terrible. Taylor, what do you want them? Oh, oh, oh no. Here comes Jedi Knight Greg Smith. Like what? <laughs> Wow. Come on, of course they're going to have weird names. It's supposed to be in a galaxy far, far away. I like, like Greg Smith. Hey, He's Jedi cool. Bill. Jedi wow. Gary. It doesn't have to be like that. Game of Thrones had names that we don't often use, but they were cool. But... Yeah, like I'm just saying they're cool names. Like Daenerys Targaryen's a cool name. But this, but you're like zeroing in on like one or two when there's so many. Luke Skywalker. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Skywalker. All right. Get out of here. You're just Han being a dickhead Solo. for the sake of being Hans, I'm not. Yes, you Padme are. Amidala. Ket Fisto. Ket Fisto is actually pretty cool. I like Ket Fisto. Boba Fett. Django Fett. These are stupid names. And made up names don't have to be stupid. Even Harry Potter, which I have a lot of problems with these days. Ahsoka Tano. Mace Windu. Like, there Mace are... Windu is cool. Yeah, there there are definitely cool names. Well, low hit rate. Din Jaren, like that's a pretty cool name. You, no, oh Din. My. No way. Grogu, Grogu. What what is wrong with that? That sucks. That's stupid sounding. I'm not going to the movies with you tonight anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Yoda was such a cool. What if, what if they were just like his name's Baby Yoda? Hater. I'm not a hater. You are you are just tiptoeing along the line of the pretentious film bro persona right wow. now, and I'm not liking it. That's bullshit. I give so many. I need to say edgy movies. things about Star Wars. Oh, for that's the sake bullshit. Of being that's edgy. Bull- this, Let that, me be that edgy about bullshit. this thing. Star Wars is like the most fucking popular thing in the world. The Force Awakens is the highest grossing movie in American history. This is my point. Yes, yes, that's it. What do you mean? This that's it. So being being critical of it is not fucking edgy. It's not being edgy. It's being critical of very popular but things. But the things that you're being critical about, like that we're talking about right now, are ridiculous. 
Well, some of them I'm are mad about the names that there I'm are not a mad handful about the names. of names that I don't like. I'm mad well, that they I would brought say back a names. character that is the only one that technically makes sense in the greater arc of the story. I'm mad that they did a bunch of cool different things in the second season of a show that was a huge hit and that the 95% of people thought was awesome. Cool, huh? Cool. 95% of people? Pass. No way. Come on. No way. No way. I cannot even... People were not happy about the Boba Fett thing. It's not... There are, again, there are dozens of Are you out of your mind? Not, Not in general, but I'm saying there are a lot of people that were not happy about that. Oh my! And I'm one of them. Me and my friends, out of out of view of the camera, laughing and having a good time. That's what you sound like. The the Nathan for you. Are are you really? You really think that there wasn't any kind of backlash to the Luke Skywalker and Boba Fett thing? I'm not saying that there wasn't any kind of backlash. I think that there was probably more. There was probably more for Luke than there was about Boba. I don't think that there was that many people who were that pissed that they brought him back. That was something that they had been talking about doing forever. Yeah. Like it was like a foregone conclusion that that was going to happen. And they even teased it in the fucking first season. Beyond that, the Luke Skywalker thing, like I said, I stated my case. I think that anybody who's mad about that is just wrong. <laughs> like he's the only one that would have made sense for that moment specifically and the way that they set it up. You can make the argument. That's fine. If you want to say they should have done something completely differently, but this is literally the premise of what the entire show is built on returning him to the Jedi. And six years after the events of return of the Jedi, there's only one character in the entire goddamn universe of this entire franchise that would have made sense to be the one to show up here. They brought Ahsoka in and teased, and now they're doing it for her to do her own thing. So it could wouldn't have made sense for her to show up. The other two characters have not been introduced in terms of live action yet, so it wouldn't have made any sense for them. Luke is the only one that made sense to show up at that moment. They should have done a better job, yes, when they did the close-up on a CGI. The action, though, of him taking on all of the uh, destroyers or, or the um, the death trooper, the dark troopers, awesome. I was great. I was legitimately like, I loved it. I really, really did. It, it was the only thing that made sense. And I, you could say it was predictable or whatever, but I definitely didn't think it was until I saw like the glove, the black glove and the green lightsaber. That was when I had kind of put it together. Otherwise I did not have the expectation that they were going to be bringing him in. And that's the other thing too. It's not like this was like a predictable thing to bring back Luke. So Oh well, I don't watch TV. I'm actually more of a, a books guy now. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Uh, man, I keep with, with, the, with the the pretentious route. Like you just you want to like I just want attention route. I'm about to go eat fucking Burger King for dinner on a Sunday. <laughs> Not pretentious, and I'll have you know, friend, on my letterbox, almost every movie gets at least three stars. Very friendly to movies. That's in, okay. In but we're not general. we're not talking about movies. We're talking. Right, I guess it's technically were, a TV show. You were using the just the this the tropes that the people that you were just criticizing about Star Wars fans. The half the stuff that you're saying is the stuff that those people say, where people are like, "Oh, Star Wars fans are the worst for all the shit they complain about." You were just doing that. No, but they're babies about it. You cannot like stuff like I complain about all the. I'm a Halloween fan. I yeah. complain about that shit with Halloween. Love Scream, but I hate Scream 3. Shit like that. People are, I mean, there's a lot of things. Like, there's partially people being like, oh my God, there's a black guy on my screen. That's not right. This, well, this yeah. can't be. There's that. There's like hating that there's women involved now. Well, that's different. All that that's a but whole then, different thing. But then there's people like, this didn't, this didn't turn out the exact way I envisioned, which also happened with WandaVision. Uh, so these guys can go to hell. 
that's the kind of bad Star Wars fan complaining. The other stuff is like, I don't know, getting obsessed with Boba Fett. I mean, again, I don't even like Boba Fett that much, but I'm not like mad that they brought him back. I am. I will mad. admit, I have full bias with Luke because I love Luke as a character, and it was cool. Again, like I just personally had an interest in wanting to see what he was doing in, in that time because it is so unexplored. Like in reality, Luke in like his like it, it's the, it's a similar argument for people who say that like. And I get it too. I'm all about like, I want them to do more things expanding outside of the Skywalker story. But like, I'm not going to blame somebody, for example, who wants to say like, I wish that we saw more of like Vader at his peak. Like we have not seen Luke at his peak at all. And that was why that's something that I find to be really interesting because it's like where we leave off at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, obviously he defeats vader and subsequently kind of well more vader defeats the emperor but like that's him just starting to figure his shit out like i want to know what it's like in the 30 years in between where he became like jedi master you know king of the castle guy that's very intriguing to me same thing with vader like i want i want i would love to that's why i'm excited about the obi-wan kenobi show because it's going to show you what these characters were doing in these huge time gaps that seem to be seem like they could be really interesting Mm. you I hate don't know. me for saying that comment right now i'm so sorry i'm so sorry film bros come on film bros get the fuck out of here you were just we talked about in this fucking podcast that film bros don't exist they don't it's not real get a new adjective that's not you that's everyone there are well, okay this has been pointed out i think the last time i said this by our good friend mike trebot that the guy who made boondock saints might be considered a film bro everyone else is just like a pretentious nerd but not me i'm not pretentious and i'm not a nerd i'm just right about things mm, not everything and like also this is bullshit the pretentious thing i fucking we just said Taylor, i went so fucking joking. avengers endgame and the night it came out and and i've watched two seasons of a star wars show and i saw that piece of shit rise of skywalker that's how this whole conversation started so by seeing all of that stuff that make that makes me not pretentious yeah <laughs> That's how it works. I don't only see like French films from 1920 and I don't even like Nomadland that much, but I had to be like, oh, it's really good because, you know, a lot of craft. Chloe Zhao is a very good director, but it's not like I was like, oh man, I, I can't wait to see Nomadland again. Of course. I like cool movies. And that's okay. I don't blame you for that. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. like cool movies too. Who doesn't? I don't think you're pretentious either. It was more just the comparison of just complaining about something that I thought was not worth getting that mad over, I guess. Well, look, a lot of people take small things that you could consider flaws or something they just don't like and apply it to a larger degree to a point like you hate the movie for a dumb reason. I don't hate any Star Wars things because of the dumb names. That was just more me, you know, pointing something out that's true. But <laughs> there, are, there are like that. I really didn't like a lot of that stuff in Mandalorian, but maybe Mandalorian is pivoting, you know, more towards in the second, third season, more towards people who are more interested, which would make sense because it's Star Wars fans, you know, more interested in that kind of story or that the Star Wars universe and someone else who just is in and out of it or coming through it. So stuff that's new, but also stuff that is established. Sure. Maybe it's better to appeal to them than me. Well, and I also think with the, in the case of the Mandalorian too, I mean, you got to think about it, like how many TV shows best season are in like the first or second season. It's not that often. A lot of times it takes some time to catch some catch like a lot of really popular TV shows, at least like it takes a couple seasons to catch their stride. And to me, 
I think that the Mandalorian is just setting up so much for like the future of the story that I'm not gonna simplify down what will probably end up being a very small portion of the story when in reality I feel like at the end of the day like when the show is eventually completed there's going to be so much more and a lot of that stuff is just going to contribute to the greater world building not only within this show but again as I mentioned before also branching off into the other shows too like this show is going to birth pretty much birth the Ahsoka show, which I think is going to be really great. There was supposed to be that show for Cara Dune that I think might get canceled, but they were talking about pivoting that to like another character from the show Rebels being like the main character of that. That's still up in the air, but like, I don't know. I think that in season three of The Mandalorian, since Grogu is not going to be involved, I think a lot of it is going to be about like Din having to determine what his relationship with like Mandalore and being a Mandalorian is. And maybe he's going to go, I mean, who knows? Maybe he, I mean, he technically right now has the dark saber. So he's technically the rightful ruler of Mandalore. Is he about to go with Bo-Katan back to Mandalore and they're going to try and figure shit out? Because like, again, going back to the other TV shows, the, you know, drama and storyline of everything that's going on in Mandalore and that's explored in the Clone Wars and Rebels is so cool. So to get to like see that in live action, I mean, who knows? This could all just be kind of building towards something much, much bigger that in reality, these are all just like little stepping stones for what is eventually going to be a really cool overall arc. So with the seasons thing, with early seasons being worse usually, this is an interesting phenomenon because I think it makes sense. Usually most shows take a little bit to understand what they are and what works and whatnot and mm-hmm. characters getting comfortable with each other. But like, I feel like more and more, I see shows where the first season is the best season by like a lot. And I wonder if that has to do with modern shows not really being in the miniseries format, but only really having a season's worth of stuff. And then it's like a success and it's like, well, I'll just do a second season. Here's some money. Right. Big Little Lies would be a good example of that. Uh, I don't even want to say True Detective. No, True Detective is anthology, but the first season is the best. But That's what I meant. I meant more like that the first season was the best one. I just, I mean like Dead to Me. That was a show that had a season's worth of ideas. And then the second season was big trash. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I think that's becoming a new trend. Like you would never see like one of the golden age shows. Have. You know what? It's a good example. House Cards, first season. Not only the best season, mm. the only good season. Mm. The Newsroom, no good seasons. <laughs> first season, I think was probably... It, it had the makings of it being a good show and then just boy we sure used to be great went off the rails would you say boy we sure used to be great well i really that we've talked about this i think either on the show or fairly recently it bothers me so much what a missed opportunity the newsroom was that could have been such a that that is such a cool premise for a tv show that was just like and it had a pretty good cast too it's just that the writing was not great and then they made some pretty terrible directing or direction of the show changes as it went along that like towards the end of season two and especially in season three like i just it was hard to watch people tweet out that scene every once in a while where don's on the plane and he wants to tell everyone that osama bin laden got killed and like don is like freaking out the flight attendant and it's a classic sorkin thing where he just writes a woman being like mean and kind of unreasonable and a man that's being so reasonable and he can't take it and then the pilot comes out and he sees the pilot and he's just overcome with being impressed by the, uh, the airline pilot. And I think he thinks the guy's a veteran maybe. 
It's it's one of the worst scenes, worst writing, worst acting I've ever seen. I can't believe I even watched it. That's season one, isn't it? When o- Osama gets, I haven't capped. watched the show in ages. On oh, I'm never watching it again. But I think it, I'm just going to guess it was season one and stick to that. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's it. This I was not expecting this episode to turn out to be this way. No, I need to go get Burger King before the movies. So. Okay, sounds good. Well, All looking right, forward everyone... to seeing you, and looking forward to everyone listening to this. Yeah. No I really don't think that Taylor is a pretentious film, bro. I just want Oh, he does. The damage is I done. I want to put this out into the world, not because I think most of our listeners are probably rational people and know that I was kidding, but Taylor, I hope you know I do not think that of you. <laughs> I know. I only think that you're just like a douchebag film, bro, not a pretentious one. Yeah, see, that, that's what I'm saying. That makes more sense. <laughs> pretentious and bro don't go together. Well, there you go. Yeah. Any last thoughts you'd like to share, Taylor? Watch Scott Pilgrim. Seriously, though, I think it, you know, a really uh, wide range of people would enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Great flick. All right, everybody. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. This episode has been brought to you by DraftKings. Make sure you're using our promo code THPN at sign out. Once again, promo code THPN to get tons of great deals on all of your betting desires, whether in New York state and you're sticking with the daily fantasy or you're an out of state listener, DraftKings is where it's at. So make sure you're checking it out. And it's a great place to spend your money if you're looking to make some bets and make sure you're also checking out again, the presenters of the show hockey podcast network and Buffalo fanatics for the great content that they're putting out on the NHL playoffs and the Buffalo bills off season, respectively. We will be back with another new episode on Thursday of this week. Hopefully we'll have some more coaching news by that point, or just really anything exciting going on to talk about. If not, we'll fill out some time like how we did today, but without further, (laughs) (laughs) well, thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of straight up savers.